Thank you, music team. Praise see the Lord. So how are you guys today? Yeah, the the message the Lord laid upon my heart today has to do with how to be led by the Spirit of God. How to be led by the Spirit of God. We know that we need to be led by the Spirit of God. So let's just pray. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus right now. I pray that you will take control of this message and speak through my mouth. Help us to understand. Open our ears, Lord, to listen to you. To be able to hear you, we say we want to be led by the Spirit of God. We need to hear you, Lord. For our own good, Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, the message, this message today is uh, something that I'm going to give some examples from the scriptures of past and failures. Personal examples of testimonies, personal examples of testimonies in our day of people that will tell you how they have missed God. How, when they didn't miss God. See, this is very important for our day, especially we that the end of the world has come. Because the world is full of terrible things going all over the world, not so. Terrorism going on, persecution is coming, and disasters everywhere, earthquakes, tornadoes, all of those terrible things. How we will learn to be led by God to escape all those things. He actually said we should pray. Pray that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these evil things that shall come upon the world. One thing is to escape, another thing is to stand before the Son of God. So, and he also said we should watch and pray. Watch and pray. So, which means there is a lot that we have to do when it comes to that. We have to watch and then we have to pray. But when he is talking to us, when he is trying to lead us, are we listening? Can we hear him? And the Bible said, Romans chapter 8 verse 14. Let me start with that. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. It said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, the leading of the Lord is what we are talking about. How does the Lord lead? Now let me quickly summarize one, one, one thing, three ways, or one, this thing in three ways. There is what we call long-term, long-term plan also. Everybody in the America knows that you may have a long-term plan where you are planning for 30 years. God also can show you some things about your life that is a long-term. 30 years from now, 50 years from now, 10 years from now, he can tell you what is going to happen. It may be for a reason. Then there's a short term, something that might happen within the next two, three years. Then there is a daily one that's not just short, it's not long, it's right now, everyday life. That is the one we're going to talk about mostly today. Everyday life, should I go out, should I buy this, should I invest in this, 
Those are daily things, decisions you have to make daily that might help you to avoid pitfalls. And that is what the Holy Ghost is giving to you and me for. If you don't have the Holy Ghost because you have not been born again, this is a good time to come. The Lord can fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you have not been born again, if you give your life to Jesus and you accept Him as your Lord and Savior, you are a candidate for the Holy Ghost. Actually, once you are born again, the Holy Ghost is, 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 is living inside you. That is your privilege. Once you are born again, once you give your life to Jesus, you are kind of the Holy Ghost is living inside you. Then there is the empowerment with the Holy Ghost. But when you are born again, the Holy Ghost is already resident in your spirit. And if you learn to listen to Him, He will lead you in life. That's why we call him, he says he's our comforter, he's our guide. But he's going to say, I will give it, I will give you, I will send you the, the promise of the Father, and it's forever, not for some time, forever. And this Holy Ghost, when it's in you, is going to lead you in life. Say so he will guide you to all truth. That includes anything that you need to do. You need counseling. You can ask him. It's in you once you are born again. And that is the daily part that we're going to talk more about. But I said, there are several things that could be long term, that could be short term. Let me just give you a, a quick example in the Bible that is going to explain that to us. First Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19. And I'm pointing to verse 15 of that. So this is a story of Elijah the prophet. In this story of Elijah the prophet, he ran away from Jezebel. If you don't know this, so you can read the whole chapter. He ran away from Jezebel and he was in a cave. And the Lord came to talk to him and the Lord said unto him. Finally, God gave him the instruction. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Asahel to be king over Syria. Now, stop at that. If you don't know the story, let me paraphrase. Elijah the prophet, after he has done some wonderful things in Israel, calling fire down from heaven, and through him he killed all the prophets of Baal, or the prophets that are false prophets, that were serving the king and the queen, Jezebel. And Jezebel said, well, you did that to my prophets, your head also will be taken off of you by before tomorrow. So Elijah heard about that and ran away. So he went to that, to that place called a cave in Mount Oreb. And when he was there, he actually wanted to die. He said, Lord, it's enough. Take away my life. But after he got there, after many days, 40 days and 40 nights, God came to talk to him. And what was his child? He said, well, they wanted to kill my, 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 my head. They want to take my life also. So God said, okay, go and do this. And that's what we are reading. God sent him back to the city, to the country, and said, go and do it. The first thing is, go and anoint Asael to be king over Syria. Listen to that. Who is Asael? Go and anoint Asael to be king over Syria. Go and anoint uh, prophet uh, Adewumi to be somewhere in, who is in, in Phoenix, Arizona. How, well, how will I know who is Asael? Well, that's a long-term thing. So when you look at the rest of the story, you will see that Elijah didn't do that part. 
because it's a long term. Because God told him about Asiah. He didn't tell him Asiah, son of who? His city. So that's what I'm trying to say. Those are like long term. But Elijah knew about it. Then the next one, verse 16. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi. Now he gave son of Nimshi for that one. That is now getting specific. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. Well, Jehu, the son of there could be thousands of Jews in Israel. Now it's becoming specific. The son of Nimshi. Okay. But we see it because you are talking of a whole country. So what I'm trying to say is God is trying to teach us something that he can give you instruction that is just for a long time. You don't know about it. You don't understand it. Don't worry about it. As time progresses, it will become clear. So that is what you say for the Asael. Now he said, Jehu the son of Nephi. That is still not clear to Elijah. Who is Jehu the son of Nephi? Which city will I find him? So that is still another short time, but he didn't, he couldn't fulfill that either. The third one, El- anoint Elisha, the son of Shavat, of Abel-Mehola. Now, that is more specific. I can go to Abel-Mehola. That's his city. And say, anybody know who is Elisha, the son of Shavat? Oh, somebody will know him. It's a small city. So that is what I'm saying. That is, that is now short. So what, the next verse, you go there, the next verse, you see Elijah went straight to Abel-Mehola. He could fulfill that. And the other two, he didn't fulfill. He actually passed it down to Elisha. Many years later, it's Jehu, the son of Nephi, will surface. Maybe he will, rank, he will go up in the ranks and he finally show up in the ranks. Oh, that must be the captain. Elisha, the prophet, was the one that anointed Jehu, the son of Nephi. So why am I bringing that one for? To make you to see, there could be long-term plan, long-term revelation, and you may not understand it because God didn't give you the specific detail. But don't worry about it, just leave it alone. Or they can be short term, son of Nimshi. Yeah, you in two years, three years, that will surface. Or there will be one that is specific now. That is the one we want to talk about. How to be led by the Spirit of God. Because I want to know whether I should invest in this. Whether I should withdraw my money because the market is going to crash next year. So this are direct I want that type of living. And he has given us the Spirit of God inside us for that purpose. But we have to learn to listen. That's why the song said, Open our ears, Lord. Help us to listen to the Spirit of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, let me go step by step and give you some little bit of things that we may, we may realize that when the Lord is trying to lead us, some of those that are long term, everybody is familiar with dreams, no so visions. God can show you dreams and visions. Mostly they are always sometimes long term. Show you something that you may not really understand it, but only goes in you we begin to decipher that. And these are in the scriptures and then take give me Acts of the Apostles chapter ten. I just give you one, two, three examples of that in the Bible before we get to the daily regular leading of the Acts of the Apostles chapter ten, verse nine and ten. That will be trance. There is what we call trance. There's what we call dreams and visions. What is a trance? That's an experience that uh, somebody like uh, Peter had eh, in this story. In this episode, the Bible says he was 
he was hungry and he went to the house top to pray about the sixth hour and verse 10 said Peter fell into a trance verse 10 and what is a trance somehow is something he said he fell into a trance he doesn't have to fall down but he, his physical senses were suspended and God showed to him something and that is called a trance but all of these are things that may happen and they are not always going to happen I mean, these are called spectacular revelations, spectacular. But the one that is common is the one that we want to talk about later. But I'm just giving you examples that dreams cannot call, visions cannot call. But uh, Peter saw that trance, and many people occasionally, you may have a trance maybe once in a lifetime, maybe twice in a lifetime. So we know that is not for daily activities. But God can use that if he wants to tell you something that is perhaps... That is the only way he chose to, to show it. Now, another example would be angels. No, angels, the angels still, they still manifest. But it's not something you think, you, unless I see an angel, I won't do this. Those are once in a lifetime thing. Once or twice or three times in a lifetime. Even in the life of prophets. So you have to, but you see, many of us, we were waiting for this type of spectacular visitations before we. No, it is God, or before we do something. But God is trying to say, well, I do some of these ones when I want to, that's God. But the one he is put into our heart, into our belly, the Spirit of God in us, that is the one he wants us to learn to listen to. Because that is permanent with us and is to lead us day by day when you are born again. When you are born again. You say, well, I have not been filled with all this. Without being filled with the Holy Ghost, when you are born again, that is deposited into you. You just have to learn to listen. And that is when I get here, we talk more about that. Now, I talk about angels. You can see an example of that in verse 1 to 4 of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, verse 1 to 4. So, when God, shows, God used that angelic visitation in verse 1 to 4, not to even only prophets, this man was not a prophet. And he saw an angel, Cornelius. But the Bible says he was a devout man following the law of Moses, giving alms to the poor. And he said he was praying in his house one day and the angel appeared to him. So God still does that. And he can do it anytime he wants to. Those are things you don't seek for it. If you are seeking for it, you may be, de- you may be deceived by the devil. So God chooses to you to do that when he wants to do that. An angel appeared to this man Corinthians and told him to go call for a preacher. Angels are not going to preach it to you. They are going to ask you to go get the preacher. Like Abraham was telling the rich man in hell. You remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus? The rich man said, Abraham, send Lazarus to my father's house to go and tell my brother so that they don't, they don't come to this hell. Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, which means they are precious enough. Oh, Father Abraham, if they, somebody rose from the dead, they will believe. If they don't believe the precious... That's what it means. If they don't believe the preachers, they will not be persuaded, even though somebody rose from the dead. So remember that. So what are we saying? God sent, because you can send angels sometimes when he wants to, and he sent to any time he wants to, as he, as he, that is the choice of the Lord, whatever we, but the one he has given to us, we are going to in a moment. Now there is what all these prophets always say, the word of the Lord came to me. The word of the Lord came to me. First Kings chapter 19. You see an example of that in First Kings chapter 19 verse 9. 
This is that story of Elijah again. But they, if you have been reading the Old Testament, all these prophets say the word of the Lord came to me. How did it come to them? What did they mean by the word of the Lord came to me? God will speak and they will hear something. And when they say the word of the Lord, God will speak just a sentence or a word and it will be expanded into their heart. And that's what you are talking about. The word of the Lord came to me. In First Kings chapter 19 verse 11 and verse 9 said the same thing. Now, we are going to go to what we, which is the one the Lord uses so regularly. We call it the still small voice in you. That is where we are going. The still small voice. See? Where do you get the terminology still small voice from? It's in this experience of Elijah the prophet. In First Kings chapter 19 from verse 11. Give me verse 11. Elijah was in this mountain and he said the, 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 the spirit talked to him and said go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord and he went and stood upon the mount and behold the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains something you could see physically and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord but the Lord was standing in the wind after the wind and earthquake but the Lord was standing in the earthquake the next verse Verse 12. After the earthquake, fire. And the Lord was standing in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. That is the terminology everybody says, well, still small voice. God spoke to him in his heart. And he just heard a voice. And that is what the Lord uses consistently. And he has said, that is the main way of leading his children. Because he is in you. When you are born again, he is inside you. But then you have to learn to listen because the world around us, we are in a world that is full of noise. Your mind is noisy, always noise. But you have to be able to listen to the one that is talking from inside of you. And then if you learn to listen to him, you can ask questions from him. Lord, what do I do here? As counseling. That's why you call, you call him a counselor. Counselor is not that he's going to see somewhere everybody go and meet him. The prophet. No, he is the he said he is inside you. The Holy Ghost that he gives to you is a counselor that you can talk to and he will guide you. And he will impress something you have how does it feel? How that's what I'm going to explain in a few brief examples. I say brief examples because many times we can say theory, look like theory. We're just saying theory. Listen to this thing, listen to this thing. How do I how do I know? How do I listen to this? So maybe if you hear an example of somebody, you say, hmm, maybe that was what was telling. That is how many people learn. God allows people to learn by mistakes. People learn by mistakes. Even prophets learn by mistakes. But see, this is not limited to prophets. This is why we are sharing this. This is not only, oh, pastors and people that want to hear from God. Those are the people that this is for. No, this is for you if you are a believer. Because the Bible said, these signs shall follow who? Them that believe. This signs shall follow any, anyone that I send out to be a minister. No. Them that believe. So do you believe in Jesus? Let me see your hand. All these young people. College students. You believe in Jesus Christ? Yes. College students. I'm looking at all of you guys at the back. Do you all believe in Jesus Christ? Let me see your hand. Say yes. Praise God. So then the signs have to follow you. One of the signs is that they shall speak with no tongues. 
They shall lay hands upon the sick, they shall recover. See? Whether it's Holy Ghost already inside you, they shall lay hands upon you, the Holy Ghost is going to make it happen. But this is part of what he says. He said, the, the Spirit of God is given to us, to every man, to profit with every believer, to profit with that Spirit of God. So that is what he's saying. If we are going to profit with it, we need to be able to ask counseling from him and he will counsel us. Praise the Lord. So I said, now we come to this one that we said is still small voice. And Jesus uses what we, in John chapter 4 verse 14, this is how the Lord calls it. In Gospel of John chapter 4 verse 14, the Lord calls it a well of water springing up. Springing up. That is, it's going to be inside our hearts. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. So that is the Holy Spirit he was talking about, and that's what I'm saying. When you are born again, it is deposited into you. One of the job of the Holy Ghost is to counsel us, so it will lead us to all truth. So then you must be able to listen to him when he's trying to counsel you. You must learn to be able to ask counseling from him when you quiet down. That's why you were in the, I think the last time I was here, I talked about how we grow. Not to how we grow in the Lord. And one of them is to read your Bible. Repeat daily, making an habit to read the Bible. So now if you are reading your Bible daily, and you kneel down, you talk to the Lord. That's what it means. After you read your Bible, you talk to the Lord. That is where you can ask counseling. It's going to guide you by talking back to you. Talk to you from the scriptures. Talk to you in your heart. And I say sometimes people learn by mistakes. I mean, when you hear something and you don't know what it is. You can hear, you can talk to you and you may not really understand it. Now let me distinguish right now between when we say the Lord is speaking to you. There is what we call inner witness. An inner witness in your heart. Which almost every human being, if you are a human being, you are a spirit living in this case called our body. So even unbelievers have a spirit. They are, they have a, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's just you living inside this case called our body. And because we are spirits living inside this body, we have that same potential that sometimes we can sense things are about us that is about to happen. Especially unbelievers can sense if they you know something bad is going to happen. They might sense it, which people call some some hunch. That is kind of what is natural for human human beings. Now, when you have the Holy Spirit inside your spirit, then that is amplified. That is given to help you to guide you and then to also lead you. Because the hunch is always when something's about to happen that is bad. Also. But what about when you want to decide something? That is where the Holy Ghost is the one that is for that. Not just your spirit. Your spirit can make decisions on its own but it's not guided by the spirit of God if you are not born again. But now if you are born again the Holy Ghost is in you, then you want to be able to, be, to listen to him so that he's guiding you in the good things that you need to do. Do I need to do this? Should I go this trip? Should I do that? Those are the ones we are talking about. Not other than the hunch that something terrible is about to happen. Which many people can even sense, but they don't know how to handle it. So, that hunch, or what we call, when the Holy Ghost is giving you a signal, it's like a go, no go. We call it go, no go. It's yes or no. 
And I will begin to give examples of that so that you can know what am I talking about when we say how to be led by the Spirit. Now, this is one example of how the Lord showed me this. And I am trying to make you understand this, that it is very easy to miss it. It is very easy to miss it. And that's why I'm going to share examples from ministers in our generation. From we, my personal experience. But let me first tell you a vision that, that began to tell me, teach me this. I was in this vision when I had been trying to pick, figure out how this thing go, no go, go, no go. And you know, we call it inner witness. Now I was in this vision, I came to this person in his house and I saw apple, apple and orange on his table. And me, me the, about, that's about the time I, in the 1970s, my first time of leaving Africa to Europe was my first time of seeing apple. So now I was, uh, I was familiar with apple, so I saw apple in this vision. Oh, I was attracted to that apple fruit because I thought apple is nice. I was used to oranges, not so. So I wanted to pick up that apple and this shake in my spirit. I say shake, it's almost like <clears throat> if you are parents and you see your son trying to do something and you, you, <clears throat> you didn't say anything, but she could, or he or she could understand that mommy is saying no, not so. You just open your mouth. Mm. That's a stop or don't do it. Not so. That is how it feels in you. It's called a flag. But it only goes, it's not going to say anything. You just feel it. Mm. So if we, if we, the Lord can teach you that. He can show it to you in a vision and make you to feel, make you feel it how you feel it so that you recognize it when you are awake. But I say you can miss it. You can easily miss interpretation of it, what I'm saying. When I say you miss it, not that you didn't hear it, but you don't know what it meant. So that he wanted to show to me how to know what it meant. Because don't take it. Does tell me don't take it. Or if you say don't take it, maybe why? Not so. What is the reason? So the reason is the part I'm saying we might miss it. And if you are used to this idea, you are going to interpret it that way. So in that vision, I wanted to reach out for the apple, and I felt that shirt. Mm. So I withdrew my hand. And the owner saw that I am interested. So pick anyone. Now it looked like. So you see, the point is, when I was reaching out for it and I got that shake, my misinterpretation was, "Don't take it. It's not yours." That was my misinterpretation. I say it's misinterpretation. Why? Because we are used to, if your parent is saying, don't take it, it could be, it's not yours, or don't take that one, whatever it is. So, but I said, I withdraw my hand. Then the owner said, oh, take any one. And I went again for that apple. And the shake coming again. And I just suppressed that. Why? Because what well, he said, I should take it. Why? Because of my misinterpretation of why the first shake was, don't take it, I thought it meant, it's not yours. So when the owner said, I'll take anyone like, and I went for it, and he checked me again, but I took it anyway. When I opened it, the skin was the only thing that was good. The inside was rotten. That was what he was telling me. I should have gone for the other fruit, which is the orange. That is, God sees what you cannot see. 
And sometimes we misinterpret why he's telling us not to do some things. And that was the example he gave to me. But the same check is what he gave. Mm. Now, what should I do? If I am in real life and I saw myself in that dilemma, what should I do? Wait. Ask him. Let him explain before you take the next step. And that is where we many, many of us are too much in a hurry. Too much in a hurry. And the Bible said, they that do what? They that wait upon the Lord. What does waiting mean? Waiting is a word that is telling you you've got to take some time. Be patience. Amen? Patience. Ask questions. Dialogue with the Holy Ghost. If you don't ask him, he's a gentleman, he's not going to tell you. But you must be patient enough to ask. And discipline yourself to, to be able to wait and say, well, unless I get this clear, I will not move. Now, that, I said that was a vision. Well, now let me tell you a life experience of what I just said in my life. Because God can teach you things because it's going to happen in life, if you learn it, you most likely will avoid pitfalls. And I was in Nigeria in those days, in the 1970s. And I was driving. Every Saturday, I would go to, a, to fellowship and I would come back in the evening, going back to my station. And I was driving my car, very brand new car, three months old car, kind of a thing. And it was one of those Chevrolet, very low to the ground. And I was driving from Ibadan to my city where I walked. And as I was driving, it was about 8 p.m., so it was getting dark. I started feeling this shake in my spirit. This looked like a burden to pray. It could be like that too. It's still a shake. A burden to pray. So I didn't know what is it all about. What is it about? But I was about to pass one small town where I know a Christian brother lives in that town. So I said, maybe the Lord wants me to just burn Maybe. I'm still guessing. And that is why I'm saying that it is very easy to miss it. Even prophets miss it. But it's still going to be a burden, shaking you. So I ran to this brother's house where I just, everything fine, yeah, everything fine, praise God, okay. So we prayed together. I didn't know what to pray for. We just prayed together. And when I was in his house, the burden kind of relaxed. Also. Then I went, okay, bye. So I drove off again. As I was driving towards my city again, the check came back. What is it, Lord? So when you don't know what to pray for, what do you do? Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Amen? Amen. That's why He gave us the Holy Ghost. And a Bible verse comes to my mind. He said, I will be with Him. When you make a mistake and you didn't listen, what is the next step? The Lord still promised you Psalm 91. Give me Psalm 91, the last verse there. I will be with him in trouble. When you make a mistake and you, don't, you have missed him, it's not going to forsake you. The last verse. Psalm 91, verse... Uh, let's see. Verse 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Now... If you are listening, verse 15, if you are listening to him like we are saying, shake, and you take the right step, 
you will most likely will not be in that trouble in the first place. You most likely will not be in that trouble in the first place. But because we are humans and the Lord is in the spirit and we are learning to we are trying to learn how to walk with a spirit. And he is teaching us we may miss him and we run into trouble. I still promise he's not going to forsake you. I will be with you in trouble. So God is good. He's always good to be with us even in those times of trouble. So you remember, always remember that. So if you miss it or something, that's the end of the world. We just don't want to miss the one that is so cataclysmic. Suppose there's going to be an earthquake in Los Angeles and it's going to be this, this week. And the Lord put a check on you. And you say, what is it, Lord? Something is about to happen. You don't know what it is. Mm, you kept staying there. And you keep a check on you. You kept staying there. And there was earthquake and you are running with everybody. House is being demolished. It will still be with you in the midst of all those trouble. You may lose your house, you may lose your properties, and you may almost lose your arm or your leg. But it will still be with you in trouble. But if you have followed that shake, you could have escaped. If you have learned to listen. But after the shake, if you ask, it might bring the world. Because the next one is the still small voice. Where you now hear him say, what is this shake all about? Because he is not dumb that he can't speak. But that is the way parents do to children. If you look at the cast, the baby got it. If he has been familiar with his mom and his daddy's uh, signal. So that is why he said it is permanent, it is for, for the rest of our life. The Holy Ghost is in us when you are born again. But learn to listen to him. The first thing is the shake. But if you don't respond to the shake, and it's not going to be fatal, you might just run into some trouble. But if you have learned to listen to that shake, you most likely will not run into that trouble in the first place. The shake will also be, maybe it's a desire to, I'll let me give you an example. Prayer. If I woke up at 3 a.m. one morning and, and I woke up, I went downstairs and I knelt down and I felt like sleeping and I was about to sleep, the Holy Ghost spoke. He said, Don't fall asleep in this time. Something is about to happen. So I tried to wake up and stagger and mumble some words. And this Lord was more or less seeing something is about to happen that I should have redeemed the time. But I didn't pray hard enough. Maybe I didn't get, and something happened later, and then we have to. Be, he has to be with me in trouble. So that is really why I'm saying that if you have listened to that first shake and you acted correctly, you most likely avoid the trouble. So I said the shake is the first one. Then the still small voice is a voice where it comes from the same Holy Ghost in you or from your spirit, really, and it comes to you just hear like a sentence. Coming back to this, because our mind is right here in the head. Everything you are studying in school, you are studying it here in your brain. So we have enough potential. The business, the things that we learn in life is also information. And they are stored up here. And you can recall it to your mind. And that is what we use in daily life. And we use that in our daily life. And God gave us that brain also for our own for our own good. So don't throw everything away and say, well, this is not from God. I learned this from college. No, they are useful. Because those are also part of the things he has given us. But when you are doing that and he wants to intercept and interrupt and guide you and take you out of something, 
that is when he comes and tries to stop you. Let me give an example of that. God gave the apostles, Apostle Paul and his team, they were preaching everywhere. And once God has given you a go ahead to do something, go ahead and keep doing it. Until he sees that well, you need to don't go this way this time. That is an example of Apostle Paul here. Let me see where is Acts of the Apostles. And in chapter 16. Apostle, can you turn on that please? <laughs> Acts of the Apostles chapter 16. Here Apostle Paul and his team, they were going preaching everywhere. And when they got to a place, they decided to go to another city. The Bible said the Holy Ghost forbade them from going to Asia. So why would the Holy Ghost forbid them from going to Asia? Because he wanted them not to go that direction. So he has a go, and you are going. You are choosing it from yourself. Well, let's go to Cyprus. They went to Cyprus. Let's go to the next city. They went to the next city. As long as he has not said stop, keep doing what you are doing. That's what you are programming your brain. This is your normal experience. Now, when he wants you to change direction, then you interrupt. Also, so Apostle Paul got to this place. He said, "No, don't go there." They want to go to another city. Messiah said, "No, don't go there." And then a vision came in the morning to Apostle Paul and said, "Come over to Macedonia and help us." So God, sometimes we interrupt us, but if you are so programmed that he can't interrupt you, then you are going to miss him. Also. So, make sure you are flexible. That's what that really tells us when we look at that story of Apostle Paul. There's a ministry, a minister of the gospel, a very great evangelist that I heard, read their book. In, in, they went to South Africa in the 40s or the 50s. They have already organized almost three months crusade from different cities. And they have planned it. This city, this time, and then one week over here, and then one week over here, and they have planned their pro- project to go to South Africa, and they were there. And you know, many of those great evangelists, when they do those things, they will have organized with all the, all the, the council of uh, evangelists and pastors from different places. So when they got there, this minister, they went to the first city, there was great miracle, the next one, the next one, then they were to go to the next city on their agenda. And the minister said, the angel of the Lord told him not to go there. Not to go to that city. But he should should change course and go to another place. And he couldn't convince the team, what is the team? These all great evangelists and pastors in the place that organize this thing. And they have scheduled One week in this city is the next place. He said, the angel of the Lord told him not to go there. I said, how can the angel of the Lord tell you not to go there? When we have planned this thing three months in advance, and they debated it, they argued with him, and he couldn't convince them. Why? Because they are not flexible. In the end, they went because they, have, they couldn't bend their program. They went there and they were all smitten. In fact, the angel, the Bible said, the angel said, "Okay, you guys go. You all suffer for it." And they went there, and they have to rush this minister back to America. Many of them fell sick. So God saw the plan of the enemy. That the enemy has strategized. God is saying, change course. 
So is God afraid of the enemy? No. He's, we are charging, we are doing these things. It is our job. God is backing us up, but God is giving us the Holy Ghost to guide us, to maneuver us so that the enemy cannot shipshot us. But if you don't listen, that's why I say, open my ears, Lord, so that help me to listen. I'm talking about that's an example of great prophet. And you say, well, the prophet heard him. Also, he heard. He just couldn't convince the team members. I read this one. This happened in the 50s before I was born. But I he, he told us so that we can learn that many times God will allow those things to happen because we did not listen. Or because we are fixing our ways, he couldn't bend it. And that's one of the things why we need to say, oh, I want to be able to go ahead. Suppose I am the one, what will I do? I'm going to break ranks with them if I really don't want to get hot. That's the only thing he could do. Because they said, well, how can you say, God said, we have planned this thing, and this is a one-week program. We can't just disappoint them right now. But see, we want to be able to avoid trouble. So that is an example I said, many times people have fallen into mistakes. Let me bring it to another example of how some people have escaped trouble. This is a testimony I heard from another ministry that a pastor in this America himself and his wife went to a restaurant. And while they were about to order their food, they are just still drinking water, you know, and they give you some snacks to eat while they are. Before they place the order, the hutch came to this pastor to go home. Go home. So, so hard he said, you got to go. And they just told the staff, please, we are leaving. And the wife didn't argue. They jumped into their car and headed home. And they got home. Immediately they got home. Something blew up as they opened the garage. And they were able to quickly turn it off. Because, you know, most of the time, uh, the garage is where you have the water heater, gas, furnace, and so on. If that man has delayed... The fire will have engulfed the whole house and there will be nobody to turn this thing off until the smoke is everywhere. That was in this America that that pastor gave his testimony. Well, that was because he listened and he was quickly to act and not delay. A little delay could be too fatal. And that has been testimonies and testimonies of people that try to learn how to listen. Learn how to listen. And that testimony is a, another minister of the gospel. These people that are giving their testimonies, after they hear a testimony, they remember that something was shaking them. They just didn't listen. This other minister, he was in a, going on a vacation with his wife. And they got to you know, drive, stay overnight in this hotel, and then drive to the next city. And while he stayed overnight, and he was about to leave in the morning, and then they dressed up, they prayed, and brought the, he brought the luggages back into the car. The wife was just fixing it here. And he said, ah, when he was right by the car, after he has put luggages in, there was a check, and he said, stay right here 15 minutes, don't go yet. And by that time, his wife came down. Well, he just claimed faith. By faith, we have believed nothing will happen to us. He has confessed. My confession is that nothing will happen to us. But see, that means I say, we sometimes we try to exercise our faith. He said, Don't forget the Holy Ghost. That's why he gave it to us. If the Holy Ghost is telling you to stop, stop. Don't overrule it by saying, My faith counsel that. The brother that this pastor then went, he said they went. Within the next few minutes they ran into serious accidents. That somebody was injured or somebody passed away or something like that, and it was his fault. 
That's the pastor. He said, the worst thing is they were now thinking, why did Lord allow this? Because it was another state, there was lawsuit, they had to be traveling to that state just to defend the case. And that took months. And I said, why did the Lord allow this? Why did the Lord allow this? But when they saw, when they now heard the test, the hearing from God and the checking in the spirit, they said, yeah, something told me not to go yet. I overruled it. And that's enough. So that is why we need to learn to listen to that still small voice in us and say, unless I get this clear, I will not move. You know, I was giving the testimony of when I was driving my car in Nigeria. So I didn't finish that story because I started going and I started going, but I was speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. That simply lessened the blow because I would be with you in trouble. But as I was going very close to the city, there was a stone on the road. I thought it was a stone. You know, when you see a stone, it's night, of course. My, my lights could see that there's a stone on the road, so I put it between the, between the tires. But you see, the car that's so low, the belly of the car just hit the stone, and I thought it was a stone. It was actually a rock because there was construction, they have ready, and this rock, they have not crushed it yet. And it actually lifted the car up and damaged the cover of the engine. I had to stop and open it and saw oil and you know, fall on the ground. Well, I was able to pass it, but that could have been what I could have avoided. Because brand new car, now I have to be passing. But so what God was saying is that if I had listened and stopped and say, until I get this thing clear, I'm not going anywhere, he would have said, stay with that brother overnight. Maybe when I travel during the day, I would have seen it better. See, that is one reason why we want to be led by the Spirit of God. And you say, well, that is all failure. What about passes? You can pass easily also. Just be sensitive to the Spirit. And then, like I said, when the Holy Ghost talks to you, if you don't get it clear, stop, don't do that thing, and ask, pray more, listen more. And it will impress something to your heart that will be a clear understanding. Let me give you this other testimony. When I was used to live, I was living on Shea Boulevard in the 1980s. And one Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, I had a dream that I was passing my, all, my, my hallway into, there's one room here, bathroom here, one room there. As I was passing, I look at the wall on this, on this bedroom. The wall was on fire, almost like red hot. And I look at that and say, what was that? Then I woke up in the vision. Red hot, almost like I am, I say, you know, a, a wall like this won't be red hot. But that was a vision. So I woke up and I didn't know what it meant, so I just prayed and left over. But and about 2 p.m. of Saturday, it was Saturday, so it was 2 p.m. And during those days, I only have two kids, three-year-old, two-year-old. And I was about to, I was coming from my room, passing that hallway. Then I remembered the dream. That this is the word I saw was red hot, like burning in that vision. So the Holy Ghost put something in my So I went to open the door into that bedroom. It was an empty bedroom. We only use the bedroom for if there is a guest. But inside that bedroom is where we have our electric iron and the ironing table. It was in that room. So as I opened the door, I saw that the electric iron was on the, on the carpet. And the little kids have plugged the, the, the plug in the socket. I quickly got there, pick it up, 
it's getting warm. They only turn it down. Maybe they didn't know how to turn it to high. Thank God they didn't know how to turn it to high, but it was in the low, but it's already getting the carpet warm. If I have left that there for hours, that was what the Lord was showing to me in a vision. So the Lord wanted to lead us and deliver us from all trouble. He said, I will be with you, but if, if he tells me that and I say I have no time and I didn't go in quickly to look at it, that would have been hours later before you remember until you see fire. So the Lord wanted to guide us, but as I said, we have to be listening. We have to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Psalm 32, verse 8. Psalm 32, verse 8. Before I wrap it up, let's read that sometime to what the Lord said to us. Combination of dreams, combination of visions, combination of listening to the voice that is talking to you from your heart. Some people say it's a conscience. Well, you can call it conscience. But it is coming from your belly because that's where your spirit is and it will flow to your mind when it gives you instruction. But the shake is the first one that will come. Check it to go or no go. Then voice comes later if you need the voice. And then there are many other voices where the Holy Ghost can actually talk and you will be thinking somebody is talking around you. And those are all different ways God speaks to his own people. But the primary way is that shake that everybody has it. You need to listen to it. You need to respond to it correctly. Sometimes two verse 8 and 9. So we are saying, Lord, lead us, lead us. He said, I will instruct thee and teach you in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. But verse 9 is the warning he gave to us that we should not be like the horse or mule that have no understanding. Whose mouth must be erring with beat and bridle, lest the enemy come against us. That's the day. Lest they come against you. That's the enemy. Those things that we are trying to avoid. Praise the Lord. When you look at all of those things we have said, it is supernatural. To be led by the Holy Ghost is supernatural. Just think of the one I just mentioned. How did I know that there's going to be fire? If I don't do something, fire will be in this, in this. And I quickly go and saw the electrical, that the little three-year-old has plugged in, and they are so intrusive, they will do it all the time if you are not always looking around if you have little babies. But see the Lord supernaturally. That's what's called supernatural. It's leading you. How do you sense that? It's the Lord in you. Holy Ghost in you, leading you. Another example was we are driving and we park, we are like the number three in this intersection. I've given that testimony when we were in the other building. Number three, my car was number three in the intersection, waiting for the light to turn green. And light turned green, the first car left, the second car left, and I drove to the intersection and somehow I just stopped. I didn't, this is not from, I heard something, I didn't hear anything, I just stopped. And a crazy driver just ran through the red light in front of us. And, and this, is, this is green on my side and that was number three. Two have already passed and this crazy man, but if I didn't stop, I said, why did you stop? I didn't know. That is what the Lord wanted us to get to. He wanted us to get to the place where he is warning us moving us. But you have to begin to, that's, you say, that's supernatural. That is what it's saying. We all are equipped with the supernatural. Equipped with the supernatural. And it's the Holy Ghost inside you that is equipping you. Amen? Amen. 
and this is how you get into the, somebody brother said this is how you get into the supernatural you have the Holy Ghost speaking tongues for a long time just speaking tongues take time to just speak in tongues speaking tongues you are building up yourself you are building up yourself so I don't have time create time one hour in the day one hour in the evening in the night time just I don't know what I'm saying just speaking tongues don't know what you're saying don't worry about it you are edifying yourself what the Bible says that you are building up your spirit and that's another example of how, how do you do this thing how do you get to be this how can you get to where you're talking about when you Get a shake and you don't know what he's saying, stop and listen and ask questions. I won't move until I know what the Holy Ghost is trying to tell me so that I can avoid trouble. And then when you speak in tongues so regularly, so often, just to build up yourself, your body, your spirit gets used to some things. Like I said, I just stopped, didn't know why I stopped, and I saw this thing pass, and I said, thank God. Said, that is what he wants us to be so that he can believe. He said he is to live his life in us. Praise God. Christ wants to live his life in you and in me. And he's asking you that start by, are you born again? Then take time to pray. Take time to read the scripture. Take time to listen. After you have prayed, then keep quiet in your mind and listen. And if you speak. And the Lord is teaching us that gradually it takes practice and practice and practice. I say this is the supernatural our God is a supernatural God our God is a supernatural God and it's not only for the ministers that's what I'm trying to make you to see this is not just for ministers this is for you college students this is for you young people and I want to bring some gifts for you but bring this box of books that I brought here this is for all people that can be that are old enough to be my children that if you are, that means if you are, just put it on the table If you are under 50, if you are under 50, because I'm 68, so my, my siblings were getting babies in those days at the age of 17. 18. So that's why I say if you are under 50, you most likely are old enough to be my children. If you are younger, I want to take one of these books, it's free for you, and read it. It's called Faith for the Supernatural. Faith for the super, and of course, if you're older than that, you are not old enough to be my children, you are older than that, feel free to take it too. Maybe you can see, because this is directed to the younger generation to fire you up. Why do we follow Jesus? Faith for the supernatural. I'm describing examples of how the Lord has delivered us here, delivered us there, delivered us there, that He's making us to see. Because if He's delivering you and you don't know about it, you don't praise Him for it. But when I say, gee, Lord, you delivered me from that, thank you. Well, Lord, you delivered me from that, thank you. He wanted me to thank him. That's why he's making me to see that, you see, you will have run into this trouble. Hey, your house will have been born down here. Hey, this is what will have happened to you if you have not been working with me. And that's why this particular pamphlet is directed to the younger generation. We're teaching you about Jesus. Look like you guys are playing games on the computer. You are not serious with this thing. This thing is life. And he can deliver you. That is what this sermon, was a sermon, just make it a book for you. Take one. If you have people in colleges, send it to, take one and send it to them. They have about 50 in this box. So at the end, just take one and it's free. Praise the Lord. So that is faith for the supernatural. So what I've described here is supernatural God. It's what we are following. He wants to lead you supernaturally. 
angels, these are spectacular. He does that once in a lifetime, twice in a lifetime, three times in a lifetime. But this Holy Ghost is inside you, is everyday thing. Praise the Lord. Everyday life. That is what he's asking. Let's stand up and praise. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. That's the end of the sermon. But the be not as the horse. Now the mule that have no understanding. He wants you to, when you hear him, do it. Praise the Lord. When you hear it, if you can't get it clear, wait and ask so that he clarify it to you so that you can avoid trouble. But if, if it's going to be an earthquake in this place where I live, I want to know about it. I want the Lord to deliver me from trouble. If I go to the post office and somebody, a terrorist, is going to blow up that place, I want to know about it. And get out before it is danger. You say, well, you just go to heaven. Yeah, you can go to heaven at the age of 17. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I want to go to heaven by flying in the chariot of fire. Praise the Lord. So that's why you don't just throw that thing away. That's I don't need that. I want to go to heaven. Yeah, yes. Once you are born again, you are on your way to heaven. Praise the Lord. So let's just thank the Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this exhortation. I pray, Lord, that you be born into the heart of all these people and let your name, Lord, be glorified. Lord, you are the one that moves us closer. Move everybody closer to yourself. Draw them, Lord. Draw your children closer to yourself. And your name shall be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, the priest team, come along and give us and prepare your offering. Like I said, at the end of the fellowship, just come and pick any of, one of those or two or three of them and take them with you and give it to people. Give us a song.